The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday where class is always in session with the civilian goat, Greg Cosell from NFL Films University. Already looking forward to the YouTube comment. From Joel Swisher saying, happy hashtag Greg Cosell Day. I love it. I take notes every week. We have a bunch of clips we post on social media at Ross Tucker Pod. I usually retweet them at Ross Tucker NFL because I appreciate the time that Greg puts in to actually do the work, to actually break down what he's seeing from all of these guys. We'll get to Greg momentarily of course we already will have new winners tomorrow are there other shows that give out at least three winners every week i don't think so spread the word winner tomorrow by the way i don't think i've gotten one person that's rated and reviewed the show and sent me a screenshot i can check my email again ross at ross tucker.com but i don't think one person has actually done that so first person to do it is to spread the word winner this week how about that First person that rates and reviews any of the shows, takes a screenshot, send it to me at 7.16 a.m. Eastern Time. First one I get, you're the Spread the Word winner. Sponsor confirmation email winner. Been a lot of Peloton this week, which is awesome. And a little Rocket Money. Both of those, those are both great like uh, New Year's resolution type things. And then uh, YouTube shout out. Maybe it's Joel Swisher this week. Maybe Joel Swisher, although I already know he subscribed. Maybe just the hashtag Happy Greg Cosell Day at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL gets Greg the YouTube shout out this week. It's big show time. The big show. All right. You know him. You love him. 43 years at NFL Films. He's obviously the executive producer and on-air talent for the NFL matchup show, the show the pros watch. Thoroughly look forward to our 15, 20 minutes every week. Greg, a decent amount of quarterback news for this time of the year. Let's start with the news out of Las Vegas where the Raiders are benching Derek Carr to go with Jarrett Stidham. You and I both know there are 
financial reasons for that, ramifications, blah, blah, blah. That's not what I ask you. What I ask you is, what have you seen from Derek Carr this year? Well, I guess, Ross, what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas, huh? We kind of know about it. Um, You know, Derek, I thought this would be a really good marriage between Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr because, you know, Derek Carr throws the ball extremely well. You could see that going back to watching him at Fresno State. Easy thrower. He almost throws at times like Aaron Rodgers with that quick, compact delivery. Um, But it hasn't worked out. And in many ways, I struggle to figure out why because I really thought it would. Um, Carr can be uncertain and tentative in the pocket. I think he really needs to see it clearly for it to work. And I think in, in the Josh McDaniels offense, there's a lot of, of option routes, choice routes, throws that require trust, throws that require timing and anticipation. Um, and I just don't, and you see it sometimes, obviously it's not as if he never does that, you know, but it just, it, I don't think it was done at the level that needs to be done uh, for him to be a consistent player. Now, He's had really good moments this year. He's made some really good throws. He will always do that. But there's just been, and I hate I hate this word because it's always a cop-out word, but there's just been an inconsistency in how he's run that passing game that I'm sure has, has just gotten Josh McDaniels to feel like, hey, we need to look in a different direction. And I, I think that's where we stand right now. You know, it's interesting, Greg. I'm going to talk about this more later in Tuck's takes, but – on some level, it's an indictment of McDaniels, right? I mean, Derek Carr, by any measure or ranking, was a top 12 quarterback last year. I know a lot of people thought he played at a top 10 level right. last year. And I know guys have systems and they have quarterbacks that maybe are a better fit for what they like to run, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Greg. Isn't coaching at the end of the day getting the most out of the talent that you have? And McDaniels, it kind of feels like, is getting the least out of car that anybody's gotten in the last few years. Yeah, and again, we're not there, Ross, so that's hard to know. But I think even when Derek Carr was theoretically playing good football, I think there were always a couple of things that stood out on tape. Number one, I think that there were times that he was not a comfortable pocket player. I think there are times he was risk-averse and did not turn the ball loose on throws that were there. You know, I think that's who he is. He's played a long time now. That's not likely to change. Um, I think that the rhythm part of his game is something that is is erratic and up and down. And because I think the Josh McDaniel system relies really very much on that, we saw that kind of erratic play. So you're right, but, you know, it's also possible that Carr, despite numbers, you know, it, it's always easy to look at numbers. And and there's all these metrics now that people use. You still have to watch the tape and see. I mean, I'm watching tape every single week, and I see throws by quarterbacks that should be made that are not made. I don't know if there's a metric for that. You know, I see metrics for pressure. I don't know what that means. I know what it means when I see the tape. I know if I think a quarterback's under pressure or not. You know, if just because a defender is two yards from a quarterback, that doesn't mean that's pressure necessarily. So, you know, I think we have to be careful about using metrics to determine whether a quarterback is a good quarterback or not. The Dallas Cowboys play the Titans tonight. doesn't look like the Titans are going to play very many guys. No, they're I not. Guess, 
my only question for you about that game would be just any any lingering thoughts you have about the Cowboys positively or negatively after watching their game against the Eagles on Sunday? Well, I think their offense is, has been pretty solid. You know, people tended to focus on Dak's interceptions. Um, and obviously you don't want interceptions, but I've always believed you have to look at each one as an individual play and not just as a number on a page. The reality is Dak Prescott is a very professional quarterback. He knows how to work an offense. He knows how to go through progressions. He knows who to throw the ball to. He can be an aggressive thrower every once in a while. That will get him in trouble. But you want your quarterback to be an aggressive thrower. Um, so, I, you know, and don't forget, they do not have a lot of weapons. You know, it's easy to, for people to say it's the Cowboys. Look at their weapons. You know, C.D. Lamb is a good player. He primarily is a slot receiver. He's their number one, and he works for them. Um, beyond C.D. Lamb, they do not have a whole lot in terms of big-time skill position players. Um, they have a, a solid run game with two backs. One has Juice and Pollard. The other in, in Zeke is a grinder. So, uh, And their O-line is, is solid. You know, They have Tyron Smith back now the last two weeks. He's been their right tackle because they did not want to move the rookie Tyler Smith from left tackle, where he's clearly improved as the year has progressed. You know, Greg, they've been putting up a lot of points for a team that they doesn't should. have a whole lot in terms of big time. And that's why, players. you know, Dak Prescott is you have to look to Dak Prescott. He plays at a pretty high level every week. He, he runs that offense really, really efficiently. Let's take a look at some of these games that have big time playoff implications like the Dolphins and the Patriots. Uh, interesting questions for both. We don't think Tua Tungo Vailoa. We'll play um, hard to know watching the tape, isn't it, Greg, if those second half interceptions are because of a concussion or not? How does anybody? Yeah, know? That, that's that's impossible to know. To me, the bigger story in this game is really the Patriots offense, which has been very, very up and down. You know, there have been moments where Mac Jones has looked really good. And there's been other moments where he's just struggled with basic reads, Ross. And that's not a function of coaching. It's easy to rip Mac Patricia or Belichick. Or, and, and, and maybe that's fair. Um, I don't necessarily get into all that because I'm not there. So I don't know how it's coached. I don't know how it's taught. But, you know, I know that when I watch the tape that Jones will miss basic reads, which surprises me. And then he'll come back and make really good reads and really good throws. Um, so he, to me, has been a really interesting player to watch all year because I think we expected off his rookie season that he'd continue to progress. He's obviously a certain kind of player. He's not going to make those special plays that you see on highlight, uh, you know, on highlights for the, the remainder of the week. He's going to be an efficient executor of an offense and a ball distributor. And that has happened in fits and starts this year, but it hasn't happened consistently enough. And they just have not gotten enough out of their run game to really compensate for that. Let's talk commanders against the Browns and interesting quarterback discussion for both these teams. We've gotten a decent sample size now of Watson after the suspension and Washington making the move away from Heineke back to Wentz. Yeah. Curious to get your thoughts, Greg, on both these quarterbacks, I guess Watson, just what you've seen. And then for Washington, it's more the decision by Rivera to go back to Wentz. 
Yeah, I haven't seen enough of Watson really to answer that. Uh, I just haven't seen it. So, you know, I'll stick with Wentz, who I did see that. And, it, again, the sample size is too small. But, you know, I think I think what you get with Carson Wentz is you get the fact that he can throw the ball and likes to throw the ball at the intermediate and deeper levels. That's the way he wants to play. Um, he's not as efficient on shorter throws. That's not really his game. Um, so you're and he can still move and he can still make second reaction plays. So you have a, a receiving core in McLaurin and Dotson that have intermediate and vertical ability. And I think you want to try to really take advantage of that. Ultimately, I think they still want to start their offense with the run game. I mean, even last week against the Niners, um, the first half was very, very close. Um, The commanders played at a 12 personnel on almost 40% of their offensive snaps in the first half last week. And Robinson, Brian Robinson had 17 carries in the first half. Think about that for a minute. And I think that's the way they want to play. Now, they played against arguably the best defense in the league. So he only gained 44 yards on those 17 carries, but it was a tight, close game. At that point, they were able to run the ball. That is the way I believe they want their offense to work, Ross. Um, And then I I think they would like Wentz to be able to hit the deeper shots off of that. And he can do that better than Heineke. We don't know who the quarterback will be for the Philadelphia Eagles as they play the Saints, but – I don't know. Minshew looked pretty good to me, Greg. Even the two interceptions, I thought Watkins could have been stronger at the catch point. I think Minshew played about how I thought he would play. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I mean, you know, Minshew, we, we kind of know what Minshew is. Um, obviously, he's not big. He's not physically imposing. He doesn't have a big arm. But he's a quick processor. He gets the ball out with good timing. He reads coverage. He knows where to go with the ball. Now, he's got a few flaws in his game that do crop up. He tends to drift to his left when he senses inside pressure, and that leads to some off-balance throws. It leads to some inaccuracy. Um, But I agree with you about the interceptions. To me, neither one should have been an interception. Maybe they shouldn't have been complete, but they shouldn't have been an interception. Um, Ultimately, I thought he played pretty well. He played solid football. He dropped back 41 times. He was not sacked. Now, obviously, the Eagles have arguably the best offensive line in football, but the Cowboys do have a really strong pass rush. Um, but he was not sacked, so the, he did not have those negative plays. Um, I would, you know, I don't know who's going to go this week as, as we sit and talk on Thursday. Uh, I know that Jalen Hurts did not practice on Wednesday, so we'll see. Um, the one thing about Minshew is at the end of the game, and this is where Hurts has been very good in fourth quarters, at the end of the game on third and 10 and fourth and 10, Minchu had opportunities, and he did not make those plays. Really? I didn't go back and watch the tape and see Well, that. on fourth and ten, he really overreacted to the flash of Armstrong inside, and he actually had a throw to Brown that would have given, given them a first down with a timeout left and likely, given the time, three plays to score. But he broke down immediately. Yeah, I noticed that, that he did kind of break down pretty quick. What interests you, Greg, in the Vikings-Packers matchup? Yeah, you know, the Vikings offense, their pass game is good. Um, I I think Kirk Cousins has played really, really well this season, particularly recently. And, you know, what stands out when you watch him, he's really tough in the pocket. He stands and delivers the football. He takes shots. 
Um, you know, I think he works through progressions well. He's another professional quarterback. He's not going to make a lot of second reaction plays. You wouldn't say he has a gun, but he just is a really, really solid player. And the thing that stands out when you watch them is the play action pass game. He has the most play action dropbacks from under center, old school play action in the NFL. And they're really efficient in that play action pass game. And just uh, you'll appreciate this. I think that Darius saw the left tackle being back. I think he's a really good one-on-one pass protector. And I think that that allows them to do more things in their pass game because they don't have to chip. They don't have to help. They can get five out. Been a big difference between him and that Brendel kid. Big difference. That was filling in for him. Big difference. Um, Brendel was getting beat one-on-one. Yeah, Darisaw's confidence. Darisaw's confidence. Like, he, he tries to punch the crap out of guy. Like, he reminds me a little bit in terms of Trent Williams and just how much confidence he has in his feet and his hands. Yeah, um, and I really liked him coming out of Virginia Tech. I mean, maybe I was in the minority, but I didn't think there was a big difference at all between Darisaw and Penny Sewell coming out. And obviously, Sewell's a right tackle, and he's had a very, very good season for Detroit. But Darisaw is, is a quality left tackle, and he's a very important player to this offense. Carolina versus Tampa Bay is a big one, Greg. Yeah. And Carolina's out here setting records for total yards and rushing yards in a game. Meanwhile, the Bucks are a surprisingly tough watch with a team that has Brady and Godwin and Mike Evans and Russell Gage, yet they pulled one out again. What do yeah, you think? They, they are a little bit of a tough watch. Um, they still don't run the ball with any real efficiency. Um puts them into too many third down situations. I think they've had the second most third down uh, plays in the league, which that's not a stat that you really want to have. Um, and their pass game is a little tough to watch. I mean, Brady has missed some throws that, you know, and, and we say this almost every week, missed throws that we never really saw him miss. Um, and he's very conscious of pressure. Their O-line has been decimated. It hasn't been very good. He's a pocket quarterback. He's not a comfortable player for the most part. Um, I thought the Panthers run game, and I thought it was really a good job of coaching because I thought it was really specific to the Lions last week. They knew, based on film study, exactly how the Lions would react to formations, to motions, to, to backfield reactions. They knew that. You could tell that because of the early plays. You know, you know this, that when a team game plans, you know, those first 10, 15 plays, those are built on what they anticipate getting from the defense based on film study. And the Lions really under, excuse me, the Panthers really understood what the Lions were doing and how they would react. And it was, I thought it was really a clinic. You almost forget, Greg, that Sam Darnold's still only 25 years old. It feels like he's been in the NFL for 10 years. He's only 25. I know. It feels like he's been around a long time. I mean, I, he didn't have to throw the ball out last week. Made a couple of really good throws. Um, and obviously, you're not going to run for 320 yards every single week in this league. Um, but obviously, the run game is their foundation. Steelers and Ravens got flexed to Sunday night, Greg. Yeah. I don't know if he's an elite player, but I like Kenny Pickett. Ah. He he's got it, Greg. He just he just he looks like he knows what he's doing. He's poised, even on that last drive, knows where to go with the football, delivers it accurately. I I, I feel pretty good about the Steelers having their 
their starting quarterback for a, a while here. Yeah, I, I, I like picking you. You know, people who, who listen to me know that I thought he was clearly the number one quarterback coming out in the draft, and I think he can be a quality starter. The one area he absolutely needs to improve, and you saw this a little bit at Pitt too, um, is he shows a tendency at times to be a little too overreactive to what he perceives as pressure. And therefore, he moves unnecessarily. He needs to become a little more settled overall in the pocket because he does not need to move at times when he does. And I think once he develops that, I think that will come with experience. I agree with you. He'll be a good player. But I think on the other side of the ball, regardless of who plays quarterback, don't forget these teams played not that long ago, three weeks ago. And the Ravens just lined up in 22 personnel, two backs, because I count Ricard as a fullback, Two backs, two tight ends, and they ran the ball. And they were very effective running the football out of 22 personnel. About 90% of the runs in that game by Dobbins and Edwards came out of 22 personnel. Wow. Nobody does that in the league. They only Nobody. had snaps in the entire game against Pittsburgh week 14 where they had three wide receivers on the field. That's like old school, we're just going to run you That's over. Like 1940s That's like 1940s football, not even 1970s football. Hey, last one, but certainly not least, Greg. It's the game of the week. It's the Bills yeah. and the Bengals Monday night. We could probably talk about this one for 10 minutes, but what's what aspect of it are you most intrigued by? Well, I was really – look, obviously weather was an issue, so the Bills ran the football, and they're not going to – you know, the two backs rushed Cook and uh, Singletary 23 for 205. That's not going to happen every week. We know that. But they need some kind of volume in their run game, and they need some kind of production. Um, their O-line is not a great O-line. It's not a great pass-protecting O-line. Um, Diggs has not been a big factor the last three or four weeks, but we know he's a really, really good receiver. Other than that, they don't really have a lot of weapons. They've been working – Dawson Knox into the mix more and I think he's got talent and I think they need to continue to do that they haven't gotten I imagine what they hope to get from Gabriel Davis I think they thought he'd really become a big time number two and I know a lot of fantasy people thought that as well Um, so they they need more than Josh Allen because Josh Allen can be absolutely special but Josh Allen is not a true precision player like let's say a Burrow Burrow is a precision player more like a Drew Brees you know, he just drops back and he just completes balls. Allen is not necessarily like that. He'll miss a few, but he's special at times. And, the, you know, they need they need more than just Josh Allen being making Josh Allen plays every single week. But the bottom line is they score a lot of points. Check him out at Greg Cosell on social media. He is the man. Awesome stuff as always. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. You know what else is awesome stuff? Peloton. I know you guys have heard of Peloton. You know they make bikes. They're much more than that. They have treadmills like the one my wife has. But the key to me, three things I love about Peloton. Number one, classes. Love taking some of the different classes. Yoga, strength training, hit. But being able to take classes as part of your membership, awesome. Absolutely awesome. The instructors, I mean, there are people that specifically take classes or do things because certain instructors just really motivate them. 
And there's all different kinds of levels. You don't need to be doing like hardcore stuff. You can do a 10-minute power walk. Whatever you have the time for, they have a class that you can take with these on-demand classes. That is cool. My wife usually works out at night and she'll do a walk or whatever the class is that's there. She loves their music. 90s, pop, whatever it is, they are all over it. Try Peloton risk-free. I know a lot of you are thinking about New Year's resolutions. It should be Peloton. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. onepeloton.com slash home-trial. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Ross, we'll start with what you mentioned earlier with the Raiders benching quarterback Derek Carr for Jared Stidham. Well, I mean, there's a lot that could be said about this, Jack. Let's start with the fact that everyone agrees he was a top 12, maybe top 10 quarterback last year by any metric, any ranking, led them to the playoffs. The Raiders gave him a contract extension. Bring in Devontae Adams, who wants to play with him, and now here he is getting benched? I'm not saying Derek Carr has played great this year. I'm just saying I think it's highly unlikely that he just forgot how to play football and forgot how to throw a football over the offseason. This is not a good look for Josh McDaniels. None of it is, right? I mean, talk about roster building. You bring in a receiver because he wants to play with, like, his best friend, and then you're going to bench the quarterback? How is that going to go over with Devontae Adams? That's not, like, long-term planning there. Who are they going to get that's better than Derek Carr? Good luck with that, Raiders. We certainly know at this point they didn't get a coach that's better than Rich Bisaccia. It's not even about McDaniels to me. It's You had a small sample size with Bisaccia, but it was one where they – won all the close games. They went to the playoffs. They were inside the red zone against the Super Bowl Bengals in the playoff game without Devontae Adams. Just a bad look. I mean, ultimately, Mark Davis thought he was too good or the Raiders were too good for Rich Bisaccia. And now everything that's happened after that is as a result of that decision by Mark Davis, period. You can't tell me they wouldn't have a better record or that Derek Carr wouldn't have played better if Bisacci was still the head coach. Tuck takes. Next is commanders are going to start Carson Wentz at quarterback against the Browns on Sunday. Certainly makes it interesting, Jack. Um, I can't say I'm a huge fan of the move. It feels like Taylor Heineke helped turn this team around. Taylor Heineke won in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz is more talented. It feels like the rest of the team rallied around Heineke. I probably would have started Heineke. And if he struggled, brought in Wentz. 
probably what I, what I would have done because it's a lot easier to do that, I feel like, than to start Wentz and if he struggles, bring in Heineke. But that's my biggest takeaway is I'm really curious to see how long the leash will be for Wentz on Sunday. It kind of feels like if you're Ron Rivera and you do this, you have to have some conviction with it. The flip side of that is you got to win the last two games to go to a little thing called the playoffs. So you can't have that long of a leash. you got to win. Duck Stakes. Colt McCoy passes concussion protocol and will start for the Cardinals against the Atlanta Falcons. Say passes. Passes. No, you said passes. Passes. Yeah, you got the Philly in there. It cracks me up when your Philly, when your Philly accent sneaks in there. Well, uh, it's a good thing for passes to DeAndre Hopkins that Colt McCoy passed his concussion protocol so that DeAndre Hopkins can catch more passes for the Cardinals and your fantasy team and my even money bet. Ducks takes. Bucks center Ryan Jensen is designated to return from IR. But it doesn't sound like he's going to actually be able to play anytime soon. So I don't know. Maybe this gives them a boost mentally, gives them some hope. But it doesn't sound like he's playing this week or really anytime soon. Maybe in a couple weeks in a playoff game he could play. When's the last time a guy did that? Their only game all season was a playoff game. That would be wild. That would be interesting, something to look up. Maybe you should look that up on your birthday, Jack. Jack's birthday today, everybody. He's 22 years old. You can't be late for tomorrow. I know you're going to do 22 shots tonight, but you can't be late for tomorrow's show. It's a Picks Friday. Ducks takes. And we'll wrap up with a topic you were very passionate about earlier this week. The suspensions of Broncos defensive end Randy Gregory and Rams offensive guard Ode Abushi were reduced to $50,000 and $12,000 fines. Thank you. Thank you, Derek Brooks and James Thrash, the jointly appointed review dudes, whatever their official title is, appeals officers. There's no way it should be the same fine or the same discipline for the guy that started it and the guy that defended himself. So Gregory gets 50K, okay. Odeabushi gets 12K. Can you imagine that, by the way? How sick would you be if after a game... Some guy punched you in the face, so you punched him back, and you lost $12,000. $12,000. And how stupid can you be? There's really no other word for it. Then to be Randy Gregory and cost yourself $50,000 to punch somebody in the head with a helmet on, which doesn't even do that much. Absolutely ridiculous shout outs are in order of course myfrontpagestory.com the greatest gift you could ever give anybody ever for any reason and then pizza boy brewing sportaculture humanheadnyc.com steakhousesports.com go-bangles.com evergreen economics vision comics with an x backofficescheduler.com all the other shows are posted even money college draft both Fantasy Feast Podcast. Even if you're out of your fantasy league, Joe gives awesome insight into the games. Even if you don't bet, Fezzik gives awesome insight into the games. College football playoff is Saturday. Listen to College Draft Podcast. Business of Sports Top 10 
is posted. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.